let's get down to business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Oh, I make money moves. You can't see me. My time is now. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Medsell. I am your host. Guys, I'm joined in this episode by a very special guest, Australia's most recent new IFBB Classic Physique Pro. He's a massive Joe-sponsored athlete. He is an online coach. He's a personal trainer. He's an all-around nice guy, Ethan Gohari. Hey, it's a pleasure being here. Welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Man, I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, We've, uh, well, I mean, it's your your first time to Adelaide as well. So you're you're here in Adelaide doing some some media for Massive Joe's, your first visit, your first time here to, uh, to Massive Joe's headquarters. What are your thoughts so far? No, I'm loving it. I love the atmosphere. I love the people around here. Everyone's nice to me. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, I haven't been to anywhere yet, but it's a bit chilly here, which is a bit different. <laughs> it's, it's freezing today. Yeah, I apologize today. for that, man. Uh, Ethan, man, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, this is your first ever podcast. Uh, you don't look nervous at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But, man, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot to unpack here. Um uh, you know, re- really, where I'd like to begin is, you kind of you you've you've come on the scene in the uh, body in the the bodybuilding world in circles of bodybuilding. Um, you know, quite quickly, your come up has been has been quite quick. People have you know start mentioning your name. Uh, obviously, you turned pro three months ago now. Three months. Three four was, months. Ago. Most yeah. March. Beginning of March. So. Yeah, so almost four months ago, yeah. um, 2021 IFBB Pro League Season A uh, Pro Qualifier. So I want to take a little bit of a dive into your story. I want to, I want to, you know, where has Ethan come from? Uh, you know, what's your story? Let's dive straight in there. So I'm, I'm born and raised in Iran. I came to Australia when I was 19, and. I started bodybuilding when I was 14, yeah. back in Iran. Mm-hmm. I did bodybuilding to just get better at soccer because I had a dream to be a soccer player as a kid. Mm-hmm. I was playing soccer professionally and I got I got injured when I was 19, so I had to stop playing soccer. Yeah. And I just, just bodybuilding took over it and I've been loving it since then. I never stopped training. I I never missed a session or anything. Yeah, just been enjoying it. Yeah. So born and born and raised really in Iran. You yeah. kind of grew up in Iran. Um, most of your family's still over there, right? Oh yeah, my parents are still there, but yeah. I have my my brother lives here. I got my cousins, my aunt, my uncles, aunties. A lot of my relatives are here. Okay. Yeah, so I have a big family here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some, some still over in yeah, Iran. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. in, and you're you're based in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, for the viewers and listeners who don't know, I mentioned this is your first time in Adelaide. But you actually live in Sydney. Yeah. Um, so born and raised in Iran, you you know you kind of come up. Your dream is to 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 be this pro soccer player. Injury strikes when you're yeah. 17, right? You had the knee injury. Uh, and then you kind of, well, you know, that dream has kind of ended for me. What am I going to do from the sporting perspective? And you've been introduced to bodybuilding through 
like strength and conditioning for soccer, yeah? yeah, yeah. That was kind of yeah, your, your, yeah. your introduction. Yeah, I was training three times a day, mm. like soccer twice and weight training at night. Yeah. Like every day. Yeah. I was doing like 20, 20 sessions a week. Yeah. Which is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And you enjoyed it, right? Yeah, you enjoyed the right weight yeah, training, yeah, which is yeah. quite just rare, training. especially for soccer players. Like a lot of soccer players do it because it makes yeah. them better soccer players, but yeah. like they hate weight training <laughs> no i enjoyed it i loved it since day one yeah yeah so then you get this injury 17 and then you kind of like how did you go from soccer to bodybuilding like it's quite so, a, it's, you know it's quite a big jump yeah i, I never wanted to be a bodybuilder mm. i hated dieting because <laughs> i was eating what i wanted to eat because i was training three times a day yeah and i was just shredded all year round yeah and I was getting a lot of compliments from people. Like they were saying to me, like, you should compete. You should do a show. You got a good gene. You should compete. And I I started competing in 2016. Mm. I did my personal training course. I did my fitness. I did set four in fitness. Mm. And to be better at my job, I thought, oh, let's do a show. Let's do a show just for fun. Yeah. I did that show. And since then, I've I loved com- I I've been loving competing. I yeah. Just I just enjoy the process. Mm. Just love seeing the progress. Did anyone encourage you or inspire you? You know, in that transition period when it was like the soccer dream has ended. You know that that's in the past now. The you know I'm, I'm interested in this bodybuilding. You know who who kind of encouraged you or inspired? I was, you, I was so. watching Jay Carter's documentaries yeah. on YouTube, and like Jay was doing. Whatever Jay was doing, I was doing it. He was doing, let's say he was doing a chest say He was doing incline press. Okay, I'll do it. I do that. He was doing a plate loaded press. Okay, I'll do that. He was having uh, oats in the morning with eggs or whatever. Yeah. Okay, I should do that. I think I should do that. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. I was just yeah. I was if 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 he's doing it, then I should be doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the inspiration. Yeah, Jay Cutler. Yeah, and to me, Jay Cutler is the greatest bodybuilder. Just because of his work, work ethic, I, I I know he does. He didn't have the best genetic, but his work ethic was just sick. And it's interesting, right? Because you know, we we look at your uh, you did your first show in 2016, and as we kind of look at your progression as a bodybuilder and as you've kind of progressed through shows and federations, and I'll get into that in a second, it kind of mirrors a lot like Jay Cutler's professional career as a bodybuilder, right? As he kind of came up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. didn't do so well, kind of came up and then was like, you know, the really the bridesmaid to Ronnie Coleman for so many years in the Mr. Olympia con- uh, competition. It was like Jay Cutler second place next year, Cutler second place next year, next year. second exactly. place next exactly. year, second place. So you're, uh, you know, just to kind of run through your competing uh, career thus far. So 2016, so you started just just to kind of get to 2016. So the transition from soccer to uh, to bodybuilding was like 2012, right? So yeah, I was I was 17 when yeah. I stopped playing soccer. So, so 2012, 2013. Yeah, 2012. Actually, yeah, 2012. And you trained before you even you know considered competing. You put in a bunch. Of, you put like yeah. four or five years in training, right? So from 14 to 21. Yeah. Well, there you go. Which is seven Se- years. Seven, seven years. years. Yeah. And then the proper bodybuilding training when you finished soccer. So kind of 17 to yeah. 21, there's four years of training. And then you're like, all right, I'm at a point now where I want to step on stage for yeah. the first time. You do 2016 WBFF. 
no place. No place. So you didn't make it to top 10. Then you go 2017, you switch federation, you come to the IFBB, bodybuilding juniors, no place. No place. Then you go 2018, IFBB bodybuilding juniors, first place in was junior bodybuilding. First you win. Also do, but you also do classic physique, right? This is kind of your transition into classic yeah. physique. No place. No place. Then you come back. 2019 classic physique you get your first win in a classic physique class you go into the overall second place then you come back 2019 same thing first place yeah this, <laughs> second place. this happened four times four times in a row like, right through 2000 and, uh, 2019 season A, season B, 2020 season A, then the pandemic hits, yeah. no shows, yeah. and then you come back 2021, classic physique, you win first place at the Nationals, first place at the Pro Qualifier, you go into the overall, and you finally get your Pro Card. Yeah. That was like two years of dieting. <laughs> yeah. I was dieting all year round for two years, and somehow I was making progress. Mm. Every time we compete, I just got better and better. Yeah, and that's the similarity between yeah. between you know your kind of journey and I guess Jay Cutler's journey. Trying to, yeah. you know, your journey was trying to get that pro card, trying to get the win, and then similar to Jay Cutler, yeah. where he was trying to get the Mister Olympia. Yeah, title. I, I never gave up because I knew that I could win it. Mm. I was just so close every single time. Mm. I felt like I had it every single time, and obviously I wasn't happy with the with the results so with the outcome. So I just kept coming back. Every show I did, next day I went back to the gym. Even on the, sh on the show day, I went back to the gym. I trained legs. Mm -hmm. I started dieting as soon as I got back home because I only had like six months. I didn't want to waste a day. Yeah. I'm still not wasting a day. I'm going to compete next year, end of the year next year, mm -hmm. and I'm still dieting. I'm on track. That's just, it's just a lifestyle. It's part of the process. Yeah, right? like it's a, it's a process. That's what keeps me motivated. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, with your your professional, you know, you've got bodybuilding on one side of your life and then you've got your profession and I guess the career side of your life as well, right? Is growing up in Iran, so your like your whole family has been in construction. Yeah. Right? Your parents, aunties, uncles, you know Everyone. 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 <laughs> so your kind of path growing up in in Iran as well, you started studying construction and I guess the goal was to to move into not necessarily a family business, but the business that the family was in. Yeah. You then have that move uh, to Australia when you're uh, when you're 19. You get to Sydney. You continue studying construction. Yeah, for right? a year. Yeah. For a year. And then you kind of get a year in. You're 20, 21 years old. You're, you know, thinking about competing. You got this the fitness thing happening on one side. And then you make a decision about, you know what, I'm really, I kind of have enough of this construction thing. This is not what I want to do. Yeah. I wasn't enjoying it. So mm. a, lo a lot of people were against me, actually. Even my dad was said, no, you have to do the construction. There's a lot of money in construction. There's no money in fitness and personal training. But I knew it. I knew if I do it, I'll be successful because I truly enjoy it. Yeah. And so my dad was against it. I said, Dad, look, I respect you, but this is what I want to do. This what this is what makes me happy, mm. and I chose to be happy, and I've been loving it since then. Like, mm. I love training people. I love having people achieve their goals. It's just, it is, it is very satisfying for me. 
and I love what they do. Yeah. So you go from, you know, you make that decision to, you. that's it, I'm done studying construction. I want to go down the path of, of, you know, personal training really at that point, right? So you go and you study personal training at the same time, you know, you're working night full, night fill at Woolworths Woolies. at the time? Yeah, it I was, was working with Woolies. Just to, you know, kind of pay your way through your personal yeah. training course. Uh, finish your personal training course and then, you know, you, you, you get into the gym and then what happens? So I, fish, I finished my PT and I was still working at Woolies. I had to, I had to say to people, I was still working at Woolies. Mm. One night I was, I was prepping for my first show. Mm. I was on a shift. And I was I was eating on job, and I got kicked out. They fired me. <laughs> Said you can't be eating, and because I was I was I had to make sure I get my meals in. That's yeah. that's my priority. I don't care about anything else. I gotta make sure my I get my meals in. My training is on point, and they fired me because I was eating. And then I did my show, and after I did my first show, I started working as a PT in Castle Fitness. Yeah. And you know when you when you first start personal training obviously you have no clients or anything you have to do gym you have to work on the floor mm. at least for for like one year or two whenever you feel whenever you feel like you have enough clients you can move on and it's not easy to be a personal trainer it's like you you know that 99 out of 100 personal trainers are not successful mm. it's just not easy but i i knew i could do it because it was my passion just had to put in the work. And where did you where did you start? You know, like a, a lot of personal trainers, I think they kind of, you know, have this misconception that it's like, well, you know, I do my personal training course, I finish my personal training course, I go get a job at a gym, yeah. and then suddenly the clients start flooding no, in. No. That wasn't the case for you. No, right? no chance. I don't think that's uh, the case for anybody. But no. I started on the floor. I started with just moving the weights, cleaning, just. Uh, just, just helping people. Just if anyone got any question, they would come ask me. Mm. I had no clients, so how I got to this point was I started uh, giving trial sessions, free sessions, mm. and I would say out of a hundred free sessions, I would get uh, one client. I did that at least for a year, just giving free sessions, working like sixty hours a week or so being in the gym like 15 hours a day, it was just crazy. But I, I was just so passionate about it. I knew I have to do this in order to be successful in, in this business, mm. which I did. I, and I, I'm, I'm at the point where I, I don't really need to do any of those stuff. I don't need to give any trial sessions or anything. Yeah. And I cannot go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did the work, right? Yeah. You did the work right at the start to kind of build, build. I mean, you started from nothing, you yeah. know, coming from uh, not a fitness background, coming from, yeah. well, <laughs> I mean, let's call it for what it is, man, coming from a completely different country. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, speaking English as your second language, yeah. building something from absolute bottom grassroots style uh you know you did what you had to do yeah uh you know especially in a in a um an industry that you really had no experience in up until that point yeah man i want to um i want to talk a little bit about your your move to australia right when you were 19 you kind of you know you, it's time to leave iran time to move somewhere with a little bit more opportunity um yeah. you know at that point 
what was the you know what were the logistics of the move because you say your parents are still in Iran you know you did you come to Australia by yourself did family members come with you you know how how did that how did that decision come about and then what were the logistics of actually coming to Australia yeah so I never wanted to leave the country uh, my brother left a year before me and he was so happy and he, he told me there is more opportunities here you should come over and I just did it I just did it. I came over and I've been loving it since then like there's definitely more opportunities here like you can start from zero and if you put in the work you can get to the top doesn't matter what you do as long as you put in, put in the work you can get there and it's not like that in Iran, right? No, it's not. It's, it's not. You have like, you have to have a lot of money to be successful, and the income is not that crazy. Mm. It's what it, if it takes one year, one to two years here to just be successful in a business in Iran. It might take twenty years or ten years, and you have to have money for that, mm. or you have to work like three different jobs a day. It's one of the things that you know uh, I. I love talking to people who weren't born and raised in Australia because I think that, you know, I was personally, I was born here, I was raised here, but on both sides of my family, I've got European descent. So on my mum's side, I got Italian, on my dad's side, I've got Poland. Both sides of my family came from uh, war, you know, they were war migrants to Australia. And I love having discussions with people who weren't born and raised in Australia who have experience of you know what what we have in this country is not normal you know most countries don't have the sorts of opportunities that we have here and you know i think that for those of you listening and watching who have been born and raised in australia don't take those opportunities for granted yeah because you know there's there's millions upon millions and billions of people in different countries who would die for the opportunities that we have in this country 100 percent you know, and I think that... Uh, know, there is a lot of people in Iran that they wish they could be here. Yeah. I know hundreds of people. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, like I say, like so many of them would, would, would just kill for the opportunities that yeah. you have um, moving here. So decision, you know, your brother kind of convinces you to yeah. come over. You come over by yourself, right? No one comes with you. You're like, all right, I'm going to come and... Li you lived with your brother, right? Yeah. Came to Australia, lived with your brother... How long did you live with your brother? How long, you know, what did you do? Did you move out? You know, how does that, so, how does that look for someone who comes from a different country, doesn't speak the language? You know, how, how, how do you do that? Yeah, so I started, I lived with my brother for a year and a half, about a year, year and a half. Mm. And we were sharing the room, like, and then I moved to another place after a year and a half, which was just a very s small room. It was like a storage with a, with a kitchen. That's basically why it was in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And then every year I just, that's when I got to my, uh, to, into fitness. Mm -hmm. And every year I just got better. I had better income so I could move to a better place. Mm -hmm. And to now when I'm at the point that I live somewhere that I literally, it's really, it's pretty good. And I, it's much better than when I used to live like five years ago. Mm -hmm. Like bodybuilding is, it's, it's changed everything in a really good way like it's just changed my life lifestyle yeah absolutely it's everything very very uh you know it's it's cool to see somebody who has made the most of uh you know the opportunities that they've been presented with you know you you, you came here with with 
nothing really and you kind of started from scratch you went in a completely different direction than the path that you were on and you've just made the most of it and you know the the proof is in the pudding right you've uh you've been able to to achieve some pretty cool things in a pretty short period of time really when you think about it it hasn't been that many years yeah uh and yeah you know yeah now when i look back i'm like how could i live at that place i can never do that again (laughs) it's always the way isn't it yeah yeah I want to talk a little bit about this, um, you know, this decision to leave uh, the the family industry, you know, leaving construction uh, and and moving into, you know, something that you that you thought you were passionate about at the time, which was fitness, uh, you know, and and the decision to go, you know, what there's, I'm assuming there was a lot of pressure, right, probably from from family friends maybe to continue down the construction path there's probably a lot of internal pressure as well because at that point you'd invested a bunch of time and effort in studying to get to a certain point to to then go you know what i'm really not passionate about this uh regardless of the pressure that i'm experiencing from whoever it's coming from i need to go and make a decision that is in the interest of my own happiness, that's in the interest of doing something I'm passionate about. Talk me a little bit through, you know, how you got to that decision and how you built the courage to, to uh, make the decision to eventually go, you know what, this is what I'm doing. So um, basically since when I was a kid, I was always doing sports. Like I was doing, I, I was doing martial arts. I was doing soccer from when I was like six years old all the way to when I was 17. Like I was always training, like I was, and in my mind, I always wanted to be a coach or I wanted to be in this business, but because of the pressure from my family or whatever, I wanted to, they made me to uh, want to become, to be in construction, which I didn't really like it. And I I wasn't passionate about it. I was just doing it for the money. And I got to a point where I could, I felt that if I keep going, I won't be successful in this business. But if I do what I really, truly enjoy, I, I will definitely be successful in it if I put in the work, mm-hmm. which I did. And there was a lot of negativities from my uh, people around me, especially going from construction to a fit, where there's a lot of money to fitness, when there is not much money. If only if you are really good, you can, you can be successful at it. Like, yeah. you know, there's so many people, there's so many PTs that they just start working after a few months, they stop. Mm. Yeah. How do you, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a situation that I see quite frequently, right? Is that people find themselves in situations where there is uh, different types of pressure to continue continue down a path that they're currently on. You know, perhaps it's pressure from uh, family members, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters. Uh, perhaps it's pressure from a spouse. Perhaps it's just, you know, general social pressure, whatever it is. Perhaps there's financial pressure. There's like the golden handcuffs type situation. Whatever the situation is, there's pressure to continue down a path that they just are not happy with. You know, they're just not fulfilled they're not satisfied um it's not bringing them happiness for whatever reason but i find that a lot of the time people really struggle with 
making the 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 decision, decision to to go and do something that they are passionate about and that could be based on you know the social pressures too much perhaps they fear that if they go and try and it doesn't work you know what are people going to say is the fear of failure right uh you know ultimately what it comes down to is they lack the courage to go and make that difficult decision which is in the interest of their own happiness how did you muster up the courage to go, you know what, pressure from whoever, I don't care, I need to do this for myself? So uh, for me, I don't really care what, what others say. If I want to do something, mm-hmm. I will definitely do it. And it's just my personality. If I want something really bad, mm-hmm. I just do it, I get it done. And... I was 20 at that time and I thought I'm old enough to make my own decision and just to choose to be happy. I wanted to be happy. And I knew if I do this, I can be happy. And I did it and I'm loving it. What made you so sure that you were going to be happy? I don't know. I just, how did you, where did that, where did that confidence come from? You know, because you talk about you talk about that you you know you knew that it was going to bring you happiness, and then you also you know we had a little chat off camera. You were like, you know what, I just I just knew that if I pursued what I was passionate about, I would make it work. You know, you talk about how there's a lot of money in construction, there's not a lot of money in fitness, except if you're the best of the best, yeah. and you just had this confidence that you were going to be the best of the best. Where does that come from? It just it came from my heart. Actually, I could I just felt it. I yeah. felt it. it. It felt right. Mm. It just felt right, and it was right. Gut instinct. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's funny, man, because you know so often we we know deep down what it is we truly want to do, yeah. and so often I see people kind of fight against it. No, you know? just gotta listen to your heart. You know, you gotta gotta listen to your heart. You gotta you gotta listen to what's coming from the inside. That's man. it. One hundred percent. Let's talk about this building your business from the ground up. You know, you mentioned that when you started, your, uh, well, you got fired from Willie's yeah. <laughs> for, for eating on the job. You, uh, you know, you finish your PT course, you, you, you know, you got your education in that regard and then you start working and you're doing, you know, a hundred free sessions to get the one paid session. Yeah. You know, you, you're just, you're really kind of grinding at that point. Building a business from the ground up is really tough, really tough, especially when you don't have any background in it, especially when you're like proper starting from the bottom like you did. What was it that helped you push through when most people would give up? You know, you mentioned 99 out of 100 PTs don't make it through. I think the number's probably even a little bit higher. What what inside you was like, you know what, this is really hard, but I know that if I just keep grinding, if I keep putting in the work, if I keep doing all these free sessions, at some point, it's going to start paying off. Passion. Mm. I was just so passionate about it. I was just so passionate. I loved, I loved training people. I knew I can do it. I knew this is what it takes. If I want to be successful, I don't have to do free sessions. Mm-hmm. I have to work in 15 hours a day, but only get paid for two hours a day or whatever it was. I knew I'd be successful if I do this stuff, which I did. And I wasn't doing any sessions from zero. I went to like 50 sessions a week in like two years time, which was good for me coming from a, like from a, from Iran, you know, this is 
like I'm not even speaking English properly. I wasn't speaking English properly and I was doing, I was making a lot of money actually, but like in two years, so I went up to 50 sessions, mm -hmm. which was, I was impressed with it actually. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that yeah. to happen in two years. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the things I see a lot with, uh, with people who kind of start businesses from the ground up and, you know, I guess this is a little bit opposed to your experience, but I'm sure there's parts that you can provide some advice on is that often people kind of set goals for where they'd like to be in business. Yeah. So perhaps, you know, if you take the personal training, for example, you know, you start at zero sessions and it's like, okay, well, you know, in three months I want to be doing 10 sessions yeah. a week and then in six, 20 sessions. And then by the end of the year, I want to be doing 40 sessions a week. In the end of two years, I want to be doing 60, so, you know, whatever, whatever the, the, the goal is, right? That kind of destination goal or that kind of product goal. That's what I'm aiming for. And they start putting in work. They start working on the process to get to that product or the journey to get to that destination. And things don't happen as quickly as they want them to happen. You know, they're kind of, they're putting in yeah. this work, they're grinding, you know, they're, they're doing the shit jobs that no one wants to do. And it's not, it's not coming together for them. And so they go, you know what, not getting the results that I wanted to get as fast as I wanted to get them. I'm kind of done. I'm going to throw the towel in. I'm out. What advice do you have regarding that for, for you know, for people who are, pro you know, right now they find themselves like right in the middle of that grind? Yeah, there was definitely a few times where I, I didn't get what I wanted. Mm. And I just never gave up. I just kept going. I just kept going because I was so passionate about it. And my advice would be just find something that you truly enjoy and if, if you truly enjoy and you're good at it, you're definitely going to be successful at it. Just put in the work, never give up, and you'll be successful. Mm. Even when the even when the going gets tough. Yeah, even if it goes tough. Just grind just through it. Just got to keep going. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Every aspect of your life. Yeah. You, you, you know, it really is kind of the difference between committing to the process of something, committing to the journey of something, and going, you know what? even if this takes me longer than I think it's going to take, uh, you know, even if I have to do more of the free sessions, even if I have to, whatever the situation may be, the, the kind of shit that no one wants to do, yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to keep doing it no matter yeah. what. Yeah. No matter what. Because I know that at some point I'm yeah. going to reach. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. At some point I'm going to get. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. hundred percent. Exactly. This, uh, so you, you build this business from the ground up, right? You get to a point where, you know, you said you actually surprised yourself in like how many yeah. sessions you were doing in, in a couple of years time. You're doing the 40 sessions a week, the 50 sessions a week. You kind of have built, uh, you know, th this quite reputable business at this point in a relatively fast period of time. How did you get through that period where it's like, you know, the way that I'm building business here is I'm just giving, I'm just giving free sessions, right? I'm just trying to touch as many people as I can. And then hopefully I'm getting the people that come back. So you go, you give a hundred free sessions, you get one back. And then maybe you give 70 free sessions, you get one back, you give 50, you get one back. So that happens for a period. And then you kind of build up, you know, a, maybe you're doing 10 sessions a week, you're building up a customer database. How then do you go, you know what, I'm going to go from 10 to 20. I'm going to go from 20 to 30. I'm going to go from 30 to 40. How do you start adding value in your business? How, do, how does that, how did that happen for you? 
So I was just getting, uh, I was giving my the clients whatever they wanted. They wanted results. Mm. So I was doing my best to make sure they get what they want. Mm. So they can bring me clients. They can get me clients. Which, when I first started, obviously I had no clients. I just had to do free sessions. But after a year or two, I I really didn't didn't need to do anything crazy because mm. I was just focusing on my business. I was, tr I was just trying to get better and better at, at what I do. And it was just word of the mouth, you know. I was getting better every every month, getting more clients. Now I'm at a point where I, where mm. I don't really. I'm I'm more focused on my online coaching stuff. Mm. I don't have many spots available for personal training, yeah. which which was a dream for me, and I've achieved it. Mm. It's such an important uh, lesson in, in, in any business, right? All businesses at some point uh, involve people, whether you're selling a service like you are, whether you're selling products to customers, you know, there's always customers involved at some level, no matter what business you're, you're running. And I think that, you know, the lesson there is you focus on your existing customer database. Exactly. You know, yeah. because those people are going to be your best advertising Yep. through word of mouth if they have a great customer experience with your service or your product or whatever the situation may be they're going to be the ones that tell their friends they're going to be the ones yep. that tell their family members they're going to be the ones that then grow your business for you you know one of the things that i see uh, in all different businesses is people get so focused on how do i get new customers in, how do I get new customers in? How do I get new customers in? You know, maybe it's social media advertising or Google advertising or outdoor advertising or, you know, whatever it is when it's like, man, if you just focus on your existing customer database and make sure that they have the best possible experience, you know, on the personal training, they're getting the best results that they can possibly yeah. get uh, from a product standpoint, you're delivering the best products you can possibly deliver those customers are how you're going to get new customers, yeah. you know? So it's like focus, focus on your existing and customers, customers yeah. and make sure that they have the best possible experience. Yeah. Exactly. Make sure they get the best results. You are, you know, at this point as well, because I'm trying, I'm trying to tee these two things up, right? So at this point, when you're, you're doing the 40 sessions a week, you kind of have built this nice business. This is when you kind of, you, you kind of start doing well in, competing as well right yeah, exactly. so you went the first few years no place no place no place and then things kind of start kicking for you you're placing in bodybuilding you transition to classic physique you're winning classic physique titles in your class how did you use that to further grow business because i remember you said you know the reason why you first competed was like well if i can show people that i practice what i preach if i can show people that i can get results in my own body, that's going to be good for my business and, you know, showing people that I can get those sorts of results for them. So how do you use that to, to propel your business? So basically I was just, I was just telling my stories to my clients, which, which made them to trust me from day one. Mm. So they look, if this guy is doing this, if he can do this stuff to his body, if he can go up 20 kilos, drop 20 kilos in six months, he can probably help us. Mm. And I was I was just posting a lot of stuff on social media and everyone was watching it. And they kind of knew it that I, I could help them because I've done it myself, not just once. Just, I was prepping all year round. It was, mm. I, did, I did 13 shows in five years. 
And just the dedication I had made my clients to trust me. Mm -hmm. And they did trust me, which which helped me a lot with my business. Mm -hmm. It just went up like that mm -hmm. after winning the shows. Yeah, especially with my online clients now. I'm more focused on online clients now. Since I've turned prime, I'm getting a lot more inquiries with online clients, yeah. which is good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think there's always something to be said when, you know, you whatever business you're in, when you practice what you preach, Yeah. you know, when it's like, you know, this is the service that I offer, or these are the products that I use, and I actually use them myself, or I actually, yeah. you know, uh, use this service myself. I think when you, you know, when you, when you, it just helps build trust yeah, in, in you as a person and then in your business when you're, when you're actually practicing what you preach rather than just kind of talking the talk, but yeah, not, and doing nothing. Yeah. And exactly doing nothing, you know, just, just not, not walking the walk. Yeah. Just being different, mm. just being different to other, to others, whatever you're doing, just try to be a bit different Yeah. and just be who you truly are. Just don't fake it. Mm. Authenticity, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about this, uh, you know, this bodybuilding journey of yours, man, 2016, 2017, 2018, you know, you've cut, you go three years in bodybuilding and at this point you'd, you'd been training for bodybuilding specifically for four years. So you're kind of seven years in and you're not getting the results that ideally you would want at that point, right? At that point, you're kind of like, yeah, you know, I've been training five plus years, you know, I expect to be winning at this point. How do you persevere through through that, through kind of lack of results in those early years and just kind of go, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep coming back, I'm gonna keep getting better. What's the driver for you in that situation? Like basically every single time I lost, I knew I could do a lot better. Mm. And I it was just so close. I knew if I just work a little bit harder, I could come back and win it. Every time I lost, like I've, I came, there was four times when I came second to the overall winner. Mm. To, I was just so close to the pro card. I felt like I had it every single time. I wasn't happy with the outcome, obviously. And I said, okay, I'll do the next show. Next show, same thing happened. I said, I go work hard, I do the next one. Mm. Four times I came second to the pro card winner. And then uh, my last show, which was a few months ago, I had a year off. I almost had a year because of pandemic. Mm -hmm. I just put in the work. I just, I just gave it everything I had. I made a crazy progress in one year mm. and I owned the pro card. I just came back very confident and just won it. Mm. What in, what inside you allows you to use that lack of achievement or lack of result as motivation to keep going as motivation to keep getting better rather than you know what i'm not i'm not getting the results that i want uh you know i'm i'm just gonna give up i think it's just it's just my personality i don't like being i don't want i don't if this if something is my passion mm. i would never give up on it mm. i would give it everything i had and I knew I could do better. I knew I could win it. I believed it in my. I believed in myself. That's what I did. I just believed in myself. I knew I could do it, and I did it. Yeah, a lot of people were. They just. Uh, there was a lot of negativities actually when I first said I want to turn pro. There was a lot of comments. A lot of people DM'd me, mm. but I didn't care. I put in the work, and I got it. Where does this belief come from, man? 
because it's a common it's a common theme in in your story you know in both your fitness journey your bodybuilding journey your business journey is just this kind of unwavering belief in yourself that you know what whatever you put your mind to eventually you're going to get it yeah and you're not going to give up until you get it where does that come from it just comes from insight mm. i can just if it feels was it, was it if something, something feels right to me yeah I'll do it and I won't give up on it. Is it something that, you know, you were, it was kind of instilled when you were, your parents, did they instill it in you when you were growing up in Iran? Was it I kinda experiences got, that you kind of went through when you were like, I, where does that come from? I kind of got it from, maybe from my dad because mm. my dad, he's the hardest worker. Mm. Like he started from nothing, like zero yeah. to now, like owning 20 properties or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was the hardest worker, man. Like he was working like three jobs a day and then he started his own business. He was working 18 hours a day, 18 mm-hmm. hours a day mm-hmm. till he got to a point where he obviously didn't need to work as hard anymore. Just, yeah, I think I got it from my dad. Like he, he works really hard. If he mm-hmm. puts his mind into something, he gets it. He's not the smartest guy, mm-hmm. but his work ethic is sick. Like he's just crazy. So you think your exposure to that growing up was yeah, kind of like, yeah. well, you know, if I can see my dad do it, start yeah. from nothing and just work exactly. and just grind yeah. and just not lose belief in himself that he's right. going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, then I can do it as well. Yeah. You think that's where I it comes from? I think so. Yeah. What advice would you give to uh, to people who struggle with self-belief? Is this something I see a lot, right? Is And the, my, my position on it is if you don't believe in yourself – no one else is going to believe yeah, in you, you have to right? You yourself. have to have that self-belief. But a lot of times people, rather than having self-belief, they have limiting beliefs. So instead of going, you know what, I'm going to get, I'm going to get my pro card no matter what, right? It's going to happen. You, know, I, you can't do it. You can't say anything or do anything or nothing can happen. That's going to change that belief. A lot of people will be like, they'll start there. And then they won't get the pro card and then it erodes the belief and then they don't get it and it erodes the belief until the point that the belief isn't there anymore. That's far more common than people having this unwavering belief in, you know what, it's going to happen. What advice can you give to kind of stop the self-limiting beliefs and the erosion of belief and reinforce no matter what happens, I'm going to believe in myself? Uh, first of all, you have to find something that you are really passionate about. Like you have to really enjoy it. Yeah. And just, I don't care if you have the worst genetic, if you put in the work, you can still, it might take you longer, mm. but you can still get what you want to get. So just put in the work, don't give up, don't care about what others say and just do your job, put your head down, do your job, <laughs> get it done and you get there. It all comes back to that, you know, action. It all comes action. back to action, right? Yeah. You just have to, you got to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. You, know? you got to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Got to take the actions. I think that, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the times is what I see is that the limiting beliefs or the erosion of self-belief in a lot of people is that they just, 
they just stop putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. You know, you don't have to make massive leaps. You just need yeah. to baby steps. Baby steps, man. Baby steps. One at a time. You just need to, you know, your competing career. You just got to get that one place better, that one place better, that one place improve that one percent. Yeah. And then another one percent. And a number in, in business, you know, just get that one more client and then one more client after yeah. that. You know, you don't have to go and get ten clients uh, all at once. Right? It just needs to be the small progressions, the little small baby steps. Baby bit steps. By bit. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Man, I want to um I want to talk about bodybuilding real quick because I know that a lot of people tuning into this episode, you know, we don't often have a classic physique pro. Yeah. Uh in fact, you're the first ever classic physique pro that I've had <laughs> on the show. Uh and there's no denying that the classic physique division is the most popular at the moment for sure you know more popular than men's physique more popular than uh than the open bodybuilding classes everyone's kind of they're fixated on the classic physique yeah. division because the physiques are you know beautiful aesthetically pleasing no, you know it's back to the golden era of bodybuilding with the classic physique so i uh, would be doing an injustice if i didn't ask oh. for uh some of your top tips or some of your top advice for for the bodybuilders listening uh and this is both you know men who are interested in bodybuilding classic physique men's physique and also the ladies as well you know if they're trying to build a bikini body perhaps wellness perhaps figure whatever the situation is what are your top three pieces of advice when it comes to progressing your physique so first one would be diet mm -hmm. you gotta make sure your diet is on point doesn't matter if you're in off season or on season you still gotta make sure you track your food you're hitting the macros right? obviously in off season you'll be eating more food prep it's gonna be less food but you gotta make sure you track whatever you eat mm. just i see a lot of people they go crazy in the off season they just get fat and fatter the further you get, it's harder. It's the longer you need to diet for the show. Mm -hmm. If you if you say around twelve to fifteen percent body fat, you don't need to do like twenty weeks of prep. You might be just do twelve weeks, and that way you lose less muscle. So don't get fat in off season. Track your food, mm -hmm. train hard, mm -hmm. and just put in the work. The second one would be the progressive overloading, mm -hmm. which I started tracking my weights maybe from like three years ago. I started tracking everything and that made a big difference. Every time I train, I make sure I go just a little bit harder. It might be just an extra rep or just a kilo heavier just for, for one set. Mm. Just make sure I go a little bit harder each session. And it, man, it, it just made a big difference. Just my physique changed completely. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, number three? Number three is obviously it can be technique. So you gotta make sure your form, your form is on point. Like you can do an exercise and feel nothing or just feel your joints. Let's say you're doing chest, you might do it incline press and you just feel your shoulders. Mm. But with a slight change, you might just bring your elbows in, feel your chest more, get the, take the pressure off your shoulders and just, you gotta make sure whatever you're doing, you feel, the, you feel that the working muscle, you gotta make sure you get a good squeeze, Make sure you just you just feel it. Mm. Yeah. So diet, progressive overload, lifting technique. Those That's are the it. top three. Top three. With the diet, let me just ask a, ask a quick question because one of the things that I see, especially with um, competitive athletes, you know, athletes who, who compete, you know, once a year, twice a year, once every two years, whatever it is, is when they're in um, 
contest prep, you know, 20 weeks, 15 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is, everything is down to a point, you know, all the meals are in every day, everything's weighed out. It's, you know, it's a well-oiled machine. And then when they go into off season, it's kind of like, eh, eat when I feel like it. If I hit my macros, good. If I don't, no big deal. I'll try again tomorrow. It's very kind of relaxed when it comes to diet in, in the off season period. And I often think that, you know, the off season diet is usually more important than the pre-contest because that's when you, that's when you build Progress. the physique, right? That's when you grow, when you're, when you're dieting for a show, you're uncovering the work that you've put in, in, in the off season, right? You're getting the body fat off, but you're not necessarily making big progress to your physique from from a you know a building shape perspective what are your thoughts on that do you see similar things with people kind of just dropping the ball in the off season and, and yeah they just don't take it as serious yeah and next year they come back they look pretty much the same if not worse mm. it might be a little bit better but for me it's everything is on point off and on season i don't drink i don't do anything crazy mm -hmm. and i just enjoy it you know if you want to make a good progress, you have to make sure your off season is just, you, you're just as strict as when you're on prep. You gotta make sure you hit the macros, you're not overeating, mm. you don't want to get too fat. Just, yeah, just stick to the basics. Yeah. So diet, diet yeah. in your off season, maybe, you know, not with the strictness of, of pre-contest, yeah. But, you know, make sure you're hitting your macros. Yeah, yeah, make sure yeah, you're getting exactly. your meals in. Make yeah, sure you're your timing's on point because that's when you're going to make the big progress. Big progress. That's improvement season. When it comes to your progressive overload, you know, this is probably one of the most common pieces of advice when it comes yeah. to improving a physique. But you kind of, you know, we, we were talking, we've been talking all day today, right? And you mentioned a couple of times to me that, you know, your progressive overload is all year round. You know, it doesn't matter if you're no. off season. It doesn't matter if you're two weeks out from the show. You are always trying to do something to make yourself uncomfortable. Exactly. So, you know, in the off season, that might be increasing your weights. It might be doing rest pause sets. It might be increasing volume, you know, using different techniques to, uh, to yeah. instigate progressive overload. And I find that, once again, usually pre-contest, people kind of throw progressive overload out the yeah. window and they're like, well, I'm prepping for a show, so I don't need to push the weights and I don't need to, you know, push my body as hard because I'm in caloric deficit and, you know, all these different excuses. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, like I said, uh, like I said to you before, like even in on prep, mm. I, I'm, I'm setting PBs, like three days, four days out of my, four days out, I was setting PBs. I was doing... 80 kilo ch chest tips for like 10 reps yeah and i always make sure i'm progressively overloading if i'm not if i'm not going heavier than last time sometimes in prep i make sure at least the same weight or I do an extra rep or something mm -hmm. just i feel like that helped me a lot with my last prep where i could keep all my muscles and i i didn't lose my fullness so i did not have to carve up like anything crazy mm -hmm. Like la like from like a week out, I didn't deplete or anything. I just I was just on like three four hundred grams of carb because I didn't go flat. I I wasn't doing this last prep. I did no cardio. <laughs> I was burning more calories. How by just going a little bit harder? Yeah. Every week I was burning just a little bit more calorie. Mm -hmm. And, and it I doesn't, didn't. It doesn't always have to be. You know, I think that some people kind of fall into the trap of 
the only way I can progressive overload is to increase my weight every workout. Yeah. You know, so if I'm doing, you it know, can be your tempo. It can be just an extra rep. Yeah. It can be just less rest in between sets. Mm -hmm. Just train your muscle a little bit harder. There's mm -hmm. so many different ways. You can set rest post sets, do drop sets, strain to failure. It's really anything that kind of pushes your muscle outside yeah. of what it's comfortable doing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And then the the final point, lifting technique, you know, this is something that I'm huge on, right? I sometimes get called the lifting Nazi when it comes to when it comes to technique. Uh, you know, there's such a difference between moving a weight from point A to point B using whatever muscles you need to move that weight as opposed to using a weight as a resistance against a particular muscle contraction. Yeah. You're a big advocate for mind-muscle connection, right? Is yeah, it thinking is. about, you know, I'm doing this particular exercise. Maybe you mentioned incline press, right? So I'm doing incline barbell press. What am I trying to target with this movement? Well, yeah, I'm trying you to have target to. upper chest. So let me focus on making sure I'm contracting my upper chest on each and every rep, not just moving the barbell from this point to this point and using front yeah. delts, middle delts, all sorts of shit, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not about how much weight you move. It's it's more about how you, how you move the weight first mm. and then slowly progress on that. So you got to make sure your form is on point. You're not going too fast. You're not taking too long breaks in between sets. Uh, I see a lot of people at the gym, they... They do a set, they go talk for 10 minutes, they come back <laughs> and do another set and they go, that's not how it works. Yeah. That's just not, not how it works. Yeah. yeah. So focus on the focus. focus. I mean, you know, this is for this is for bodybuilding, right? So we're, we're aesthetic-based athletes. We're trying to make a physique look a certain way. So you have to train to accommodate that you know if you're if you're a power lifter or if you're a yeah. strong man who cares you know yeah. you know it's not about how you look it's about how much weight you can lift exactly. from point a to point yeah. b we're not trying to do that we're trying to add muscle in different places on our physique and in order to do that we need to make sure that we are stimulating those particular right muscle. muscles yeah. under the load for whatever exercise we're doing yeah Ethan, what's next? What's next for you, man? What's next? Tell me about your <laughs> tell me about your future goals. Let's go business first, fitness after that. So business, uh, I want to I want to grow my online coaching. Mm -hmm. well, you kind of you're really like you're maxed out in terms of like physical uh, yeah, training physical, at the moment, yeah, right? Exactly, like there's yeah. only so many sessions you can do. Yeah, I feel like I cannot do any more at the gym because yeah. I want to provide the best service for my clients. If mm -hmm. I'm tired, I wouldn't like. Like you, I want to give it my best to my clients. Mm -hmm. So I don't feel like I can do more sessions at the gym. I want to do more stuff at home. And yeah, I'm pretty happy with my physical, with the physical, uh, with the personal training I'm doing. Yeah, I'm now just foc more focused on online coaching. Mm -hmm. And since I turned pro, it it's uh, it's it helped a bit. Mm -hmm. It's going up slowly, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people want to be coached by a pro, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the, that's the proof right that's there. You, you practice you what want you a preach. Pro, yeah. There's only, there's only, what do we have in Australia? We've got like five classic physique pros, right? Yeah, I think we have five. So a very small group, very yeah. elite group of athletes. Yeah. So from business, it's grow grow the online coaching, coaching side of the self. business. Um, what else? What's like the five to 10 year, 15 so maybe year? Maybe in a few years time, maybe in five, 10 years time, five mm. to 10 years, I want to, I want to have the biggest gym in Sydney. I want to run it. 
I want to own the biggest gym in city, biggest bodybuilding gym, like yeah. a nice gym, mm. like a proper bodybuilding gym. Awesome. I'll yeah, be the first the one to train that. That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there on yeah. opening day. Yeah. Awesome, man. Can't wait for that. What about on the uh, on the fitness side of things? So you've you know you've spent the last five years competing. You've got to the the top of what you can do as an amateur, which is win the overall. Uh, you've got your pro card. Now you kind of you know you come to the bottom of the pool when it comes to the the group of pro athletes worldwide, but you're on the international stage now. So yeah. what are the goals for you from a competing from a fitness perspective? Where do you so go? So my here? biggest goal is obviously to win Olympia. I want to be mm -hmm. the classic Olympia. Yeah. And in order to do that, obviously I have to I have to do a pro show. I have to win my first pro show, get qualified for Olympia, mm -hmm. and eventually I want to win Olympia. I believe I can do it. Mm -hmm. Just need to put in the work. I'm not doing anything different. I'm just trying to get a little bit better every single day. And I'm sure I can do it if I just consistently get better. Well, you've proven that you can do it because you've done it in, you know, in all areas of your life. Just that one foot in front of the exactly. other. In one every, step, progressive overload in all areas in of your areas. life. You know, bit yeah. by bit, inch by inch, 1% after 1%. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to see from a, from a personal level, how it all plays out for you, because I think that, you know, you've, you've definitely got the genetics, you've got the work ethic, you've got the mindset, you've got the self-belief, you've kind of got all the pieces of the puzzle that are required to take it all the way to the top. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I can do it. So yeah, I know you don't need. I know you don't need me to say it, but I believe yeah. you can do it. Yeah, thanks, man. Just add to your self belief as yeah, well. Yeah, just go put in the work. Yeah, I won't stop. I won't stop. Hundred percent, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, brother. It's been pleasure. it's been awesome having you on the thank show. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, uh, uh, an incredible story of uh, you know, literally, literally starting from the bottom, uh, and what you've been able to achieve in you know since you moved to Australia in the last. What's it been? Seven, eight years now yeah. uh, since you moved. Uh, in both the business side of things, in the fitness side of things, has been absolutely inspirational. So I'm sure that a bunch of people who have who have listened to this episode, watched this episode, are going to pull uh, a whole bunch of inspiration from from hearing your story and hearing your journey. And uh, and I know that they're going to be as excited as I am to see what the future holds yeah. for Ethan Gohari. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me. It was a pleasure being here. Absolutely. I truly enjoyed it. Absolutely. It was the first podcast, so I was what? a bit nervous, but... <laughs> <laughs> nah, you've done well, man. You've done well. I, I have a habit of doing that, bringing people in for their first ever podcast and putting them on one of the biggest podcasts yeah. in the country. <laughs> yeah. But it's all good. Just jump in the deep end. Nah, definitely feel uh, blessed to be here. Absolutely, man. For those, uh, for the listeners and the viewers who'd like to follow your journey, what's where's the best place to connect with you? So just on my Instagram, which is ethangohari underscore IFB Pro. Yep. E-T-H-A-N-G-O-H-A-R underscore IFBB Pro. That's it. Nice and phonetic so you guys can't make any mistakes. That's it. <laughs> guys, if you've enjoyed listening to this show, if you've enjoyed listening to Ethan's story and got some uh, got some value out of the experience that he shared with you guys, the one thing we ask in return is that you guys share the show. You can share it person to person. You can, you know, we've spoken about word of mouth in this episode. That's yeah. the, the best way is tell friends, tell family, uh, you know, tell your training partners to come and listen to the Fitness Times Business Podcast. The other thing you guys can do, we really really uh, enjoy seeing these as well as if you want to take a screenshot right now of the podcasting platform you're listening on 
post that screenshot in your Instagram story, tag Ethan, Ethan Gohari underscore IFBB Pro, tag myself at Joseph Medsell. We see those tags. We like to reshare them as well. And yeah. uh, and obviously those stories get seen by all of your followers. So it's a great way to, to, to spread the word. Ethan, thank you so much once again, man. It's been an absolute pleasure having you Thanks, on the show. Brother. Thank you guys for listening, for tuning in. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Fitness Times Business Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you enjoyed this episode and took some value from it, make sure you share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And if you haven't yet, be sure to leave us a five-star rating.